Hello, and welcome to SoberCast, where we provide AA speaker meetings and workshops in podcast format. We're an ad-free podcast, and if you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by visiting SoberCast.com, look for the donate link, and drop a dollar or two into our virtual basket. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Have a great day. This is a speaker meeting. Dan, Danny will speak for 10 minutes and then turn the meeting over to our main speaker, Jordan, who will share her experience, strength, and hope. So now I'd like to turn this meeting over to, to Danny, Thank solid you. guy. All right, guys. I'm Danny. I'm an alcoholic. Thank you, Victor. And uh, thanks, Mindy, for asking me to share. Um, I haven't spoken in a while, but I don't say much. I'm more the sit in the back of the room, look at stuff on eBay, and manage to stay sober type alcoholic. (laughs) Just kidding. I work a program. But uh, my sobriety date is August 20th, 2011. So I have two and a half years, about a month ago or something. And um, I owe it all to this program and the people in it. Uh, Let's see. To get started, I was... uh, Hopeless alcoholic. I drank every day. Um, I was anxious. I had panic attacks when I didn't drink. I did a lot of drugs. I wasn't sober for more than a day at a time. You know, I got into a lot of trouble. Not only like, not much legal stuff, but just with my life, everything, every aspect of it, jobs, um, relationships, family, everything really. You know, it was all going downhill. And um, I just tried to make it work. I thought that, you know, if I don't drink this much or if I do this upper with this much drink, I'll be okay. But it always brought me to the same place, which was, you know, either locked up, not knowing how I got there, or in my room by myself, just, you know, getting high just for the fuck of it. I really had no reason except that I just loved to do it, and I noticed eventually that I couldn't go without it. And, you know, mostly alcohol was my go-to, and I tried to just stick to just drinking, and whenever I'd get to a certain point, I would always end up doing everything I swore not to do. So it started at about 15, and I went till 23, so kind of short, but I did a lot of damage in that time, you know, but it's nothing that can't be repaired coming here. This is one thing I learned, because uh, when I came in, I didn't think I could do much better for myself. Uh, I'd been, I'd moved out when I was younger, but I couldn't support myself. I ended up moving back in with my parents. They didn't want me there. Um, yeah. And that's understandable, because, you know, when I was younger, it was kind of cool. My mom smoked. She kind of got me started. We, My dad drank, so it was acceptable, but they, I guess they didn't realize the potential to my alcoholic abilities, <laughs> you know, and I really embraced it at first. I thought, you know, I could drink more than most of my friends. I could do, put a lot of more other stuff in my system and usually be okay, but sometimes I would be off the rocker, but I was blacked out, but I was still walking around. I was just on autopilot. That's what I call it. It was like a, a drug-powered robot or something, <laughs> alcohol and drug. Like days on end sometimes it would go, gone from my memory. And, you know, I'm glad I didn't, like, I didn't drive much. I just got my first car like two months ago when I'm 26. Most people get it when they're like 16, but I'm proud of myself. Used car. Yeah, nothing too nice. Year 2000. But, um, <laughs> you know, now I'm sober and things, 
slowly but surely have gotten better. I hear progress, not perfection, but um, at first I laid upon that too much. You know, I was like, I'm not drinking, I'm not getting high, but um, I'm not doing much else with my life, you know? And um, I just saw from people who are working the program, working steps, getting a sponsor, I saw that they were really progressing, you know? And I thought, I could work the program however I want, but I realized I'm really not going to be able to find my true passions and do what I want unless I put some work into it. And it's not, um, it's not very tedious at first, but, you know, some people aren't great at opening up. Maybe that was my problem. I, I couldn't find a sponsor that I could relate to. But, you know, really you just have to find somebody who's willing to work the book with you and knows the book. But, um, how much time do I got? Seven minutes. Oh, shit. All right. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of rushing things. So, <laughs> how I got here, really, um, I always knew I had a problem, but as I said, I kind of embraced it. I would, you know, I was proud that I was an alcoholic. I didn't understand the bad part of it, you know. I'd just be like, I like to drink, hang out, and, you know, that was my lifestyle. Like, the people I looked up to did the same things. Got in a lot of trouble, did stupid shit. Maybe were smart and talented people, but definitely didn't, you know, take advantage of those talents. And uh, it really is sad to see how many people with that potential can go downhill and never are able to, you know, do what they're able to do. But uh, I didn't actually start coming to meetings until I went to an outpatient rehab program. And I went there at first because I couldn't buy my own place. And my parents weren't having, wouldn't want me to stay at the house if I wasn't, wasn't sober. So I just went to the program to please them. And, um, you know, I'd get like a month at a time, I'd start feeling good, and I'd be like, all right, I'm going to go party again. And, you know, no big deal, because shit wasn't too bad yet. But I kept doing the spiral where I'd get a month or two, and then I'd go drink and do drugs more than I was doing that month before. And it is definitely a progressive illness for me. You know, I would just uh, start with a six-pack, and a week later it'd be 12 to 18, if I was just drinking, but, um, eventually I started to, you know, I started to put together some time and I didn't even know my sobriety date at the time because I didn't plan on staying sober. And, um, I lived in a sober living house and they would test me every month. So after the, the month, the day after they would test me, I'd go out and drink and get high. And I was doing this for a while. And, you know, finally I got two or three months together and I was just like, you know what, I'm just not going to do it. There's too much stress for me, like, shit, am I going to pass or, you know, I didn't even have money. I didn't even know how I was doing it, really. Maybe hanging out with the wrong people, but um, it wasn't good at all, you know. And once I got my first taste of recovery, I thought, maybe I could do this. And, you know, I started connecting with people who were at the program who actually went to meetings and stuff. And I started going to a lot of meetings, late show here, young people's meetings. I never really picked a certain home group whatsoever, but I go to all sorts of meetings, you know. I kind of pride myself in that. Like, I hit probably a meeting six days out of the week, the same one. And I try to get out to different ones, but really, it's the meeting and the fellowship that's helped me out a lot. Uh, there's never been 
a time when I'm going through something and I can't text or call somebody and they'll help me out. A sponsor or just a friend in the program. It's crazy. And I didn't think I had that type of companionship or I didn't think I would ever find that because I had found it before, but maybe it was in a girl and that ended. And, you know, I didn't trust many people with that sort of, you know, real honest stuff. But um, I learned to talk about shit. I learned to, you know, try to deal with my problems because once I got sober, all those emotions I was suppressing, they actually came up. Like I never knew how to deal with anger without, you know, numbing my body, numbing myself. I never knew sadness since I was what, I don't know, 14 or 15, but I hadn't ever been depressed by then or anything. So there's a lot I've learned coming in here, you know, spiritual growth, mental. I've uh, learned to keep a job, even if it's simple. You know, today I had to wake up at 5.50 and I didn't, like I told my boss, I don't know if I could do this gig, it was a catering thing, because like, I'm very known to just sleep through my alarms. And I told her just to warn her, you know, and you know, I made it, I've been up a long time. (laughs) I drank coffee a lot earlier, but I didn't get any before the meeting because I thought it'd make me nervous, but luckily I was only asked to speak right before, and that's that's the best for me because... If uh, I'm asked a week ahead, I'm thinking about it all week. But um, I really learn from everything I hear from people. Every time I come to this meeting almost every week, and either one or both of the speakers really blow me away. So it's crazy. There's a lot of knowledge. You know, they say uh, go with the similarities, not the differences, you know, and take what you want, leave the rest. That's exactly what I've done. And one day at a time, I've learned to spiritually stay spiritually fit stay sober and you know deal with life without drinking because before that wasn't possible i didn't want to but also i couldn't you know and i know everyone here relates to that on some sort of level because this is alcoholics anonymous and normally people you know people don't have this certain illness i guess it's a disease and um, I want to talk about one more thing is when I got sober, doctors, you know, was in a program. So they were trying to prescribe me lots of stuff. And I started out on good, like on an antidepressant and that kept me sober. It didn't keep me sober, but, you know, there are people dual diagnosis. I can do it without them, but maybe I needed that to start me off. But, you know. I really wish I could have started completely sober. I mean, it is sober, but that's some sort of, you know, mood elevator or whatever. But, uh, you know, everyone does it their own way. And uh, I have tons of respect for the people who quit cold turkey off everything. And, you know, uh, yeah, really, I said all I want to say, but I look forward to hearing Jordan. Kind of jumbled, but um, thank you guys. Is this thing on? We're good? We're good? Um, Hi, I'm Jordan. I'm an alcoholic. (laughs) I'm going to stand in front of them. 
Thank you so much for your share. Uh, not drinking coffee was probably a good call because I'm highly caffeinated right now. I'm like, oh, this is going to be awesome. It's going to be like a Quentin Tarantino movie. Put it together yourselves. Um, so I got sober July 19th of 2005. Um, I did not intend to get sober when I came in here. For everyone who's new, welcome. Um, if you're bummed out, that's normal. If it's weird, that's normal. And if you're super pumped, that's normal. Um, whatever you come in here with, like, that's rad. That's cool. Um, I came in here with, uh, the desire to have my mom start giving me more money again. So, <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. Um, it is what it is. And eight years later, um, I'm still sober. So I guess, um, I say that not to, um, show what a dick I was, even though it does. Um, but we can come in here with a lot of things going on and, um, and they say that, you know, the only requirement is the desire to stop drinking, but I actually didn't even have that. So, um, so we're kind of lenient on our requirements here. <laughs> and, and I didn't really get that I had gotten sober until like 13 days later. Um, and I was in a meeting drinking out of a styrofoam cup and I was like, Oh my God, what have I done? And, um, and I felt more regret than I ever did, like waking up with a stranger. So, you know, like, we, it gets weird. Um, I grew up in an alcoholic family, um, and it was like, you know, uh, not only was my own alcoholic life my most normal, but like the alcoholic family is also very normal to me. I love them. They're amazing. They're colorful. They're super weird. Um, but drinking was always something that was, um, how we communicate, um, how we celebrate, how we show like regret, sadness, and, um, how we self-soothe. So like, it was sort of this, like... Uh, it took care of everything. Um, and so they, like my granddad would give me beer at like three years old and I would check it for poison and hand it back to him. And it was like this, it was awesome. Like, I still think that's pretty, that's a dope move to like, like check this for poisons. Oh yes. Um, but, uh, and he and I were tight and he helped raise me and I lived with my grandma a lot. My mom had me when she was 19 and uh and uh she did an awesome job but she was in her early 20s having been through my early 20s shit's super horrible so like she also had a little shithead kid that was a total spaz and um and so i grew up with like some kind of instability but like i don't think that that necessarily made me an alcoholic i just think that my family only produces alcoholics and drug addicts and like had i not been it would have been a sign of like end of days shit you know like it was just, it was just in, in the works for me. Um, I started drinking with my friends, like teenage years. Um, and like teenage years again, like it's awkward. I mean, people talk about feeling different. If you don't feel different in high school, something's wrong with you. Like you may want to see someone about that. Cause that shit is awkward for all of us. But the difference was like, I saw other, um, peers who like, like, uh, when decided they were going to get out by going to college and like getting good grades and like being um, productive. And like, that was, that was not like my go-to for like how to deal with like how horrible being in my own body was. So I was just like, I love tequila. Um, I grew up at a high school that was 15 minutes away from TJ, um, which was fucking rad. I don't know how anyone else gets through high school not being that close to Tijuana. Um, but so like in like high school, I would like leave and go on my lunch breaks down to Mexico. And, uh, and it was always like with the, with the like serious intention of coming back by seventh period. Like I was like, 
we are not passing the mechanical bull. I'm not kidding. We're not doing it this time. And like, I never got, um, I, I would just not show up for school for like two weeks and then it would be like, that got interesting. And, and I had a mom who was like really liberal and like she would, um, you know, she'd be like, Jordan, I just got a call. They said, you haven't been to school in two weeks. And I'd be like, oh, that is true. And she'd be like, thank you for being honest with me. <laughs> thank you. And I was just like, yeah, no problem, mom. <laughs> We're good. Um, and I, and I love drinking and I was like this angry little shit and I found like alcohol and punk rock and all of these things. Like I found my community and I, and I found like my pacifier and that was awesome. Um, and, uh, and I don't like, I don't have any like moral opposition to drinking a daily. If it still worked, I'd still do it. Like, it's just that fucking simple. Um, I like, I see other people in my family. Oh, I'm the only sober alcoholic in my family. They still party all the time. It still fucking works for them. I don't know why my timeline was different, but it stopped working for me. Um, and that's why I'm in these rooms. Um, and so, you know, I, um, I like went hard and fast and, um, and I like to mention that I got here, um, not using drugs. And the reason that I mentioned that is that when I first got in the rooms, I was, I was young, I was like 22 and I would hear everyone talk about drugs. And I was like, you guys seriously have never really done drugs. I'm not an alcoholic. <laughs> and like, I like really believed it. Like it wasn't like something like I was trying to find an excuse. Like I legitimately, like as intelligent as I believe I am was like, Oh man, I'm not an alcoholic. I just, I haven't done cocaine that much. And, um, <laughs> and so, um, I like to mention that cause it just was like, when I drank, it was just like, it was home for me. Like, that's where I want to be. Like, I want to feel as little as possible. Um, I would love to kind of like be a robot if like, that would be great. Like if I could have like minimal emotional outbursts and seem like put together and not ever be affected. It'd be great. I would choose that over love most days. Um, like if it was like, if it was up to me, that would just be, I'd be like, I don't want to fucking give a shit about nobody's. Um, and I think that's because I'm pretty sensitive. Um, and I think I've always been really sensitive. Um, and it's for me, um, much easier to be angry and like kind of shut down. There are crickets. Am I that fucking boring? Um, <laughs> someone's all, uh, um, <laughs> Sorry. Um, I don't even know where I was. Oh, um, I've always preferred being like angry and, and sort of disconnected over being vulnerable. Um, it scares the shit out of me. So drinking was rad because I just didn't care. Like I would drink and I was like, yeah, I, I don't care. Like I literally like nothing. And, um, I just, um, got back from a month of being in San Diego with my family. I had to go there. I've had, um, a few family members die recently and I went there to like kind of assist cause there's just, it's crisis and they need all hands on deck. And it just so happens that I'm the only sober hand. So I'm a little bit more useful in certain ways, like phone calls and whatever. Um, and, uh, and I was like thinking about it. And when I was younger, like I was kind of concerned when I got sober that I might be a sociopath, um, because I felt like no honest connection to other human beings. Like, like I knew that I had needs that other people served, um, I knew that I had a certain role that I would have to play in order to like get said things or interactions, but like there was never like this, like, uh, I just knew that I didn't have like a real connection to any other humans. And so it wasn't even like, like sometimes I hear about people blowing it when they're out there and, you know, like letting their family down and stuff. Like I didn't even have the desire to be there for my family. Like that, that wasn't like, I never even wanted to be like that guy who came in. Like I was just like, 
<laughs> that's their thing, man. Like, I'm trying to get mine. You get yours. I don't know what's going to happen the rest of the way. And, um, and that's sort of how I lived my life. Um, and, uh, and I think I was just in an, a terrible amount of pain. Um, I'm pretty fucking fearful, um, and pretty self-involved because of that. I think it's a full-time job to try to be okay when, like, you have no tools whatsoever. It's just, you know, like, it wasn't... I don't even know if it's about personality or character or any of those things. It's just sometimes the human experience is really bewildering, and we just pick shit up and just go with it. And if it feels good, do it. And um, and I still kind of, like, live by that. But it just so happens that, like, being sober feels better. So I do this. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, you know, by the time I... I'm just, I've spoken here like a few times now and I feel like a lot of you guys have actually heard my story. I kind of feel like the house band. So like I'm going to give you a little, little bit of my drunkalogue because this is my friend's favorite story is, um, like when I look back at my drinking, I'm like, it wasn't, it like really wasn't that weird. Like I was a bar drinker from 17 on every night of my life, but that doesn't seem weird to me. Like the things that seem really normal to me are like drinking, vomiting so you can drink more. I don't think that's weird. Like brown bagging in the middle of the day. I do not think that's weird. Like there are a lot of behaviors that we have that like I came in here thinking like that's called partying. Like I never like said I was drinking. I was like, I'm, um, actually I'm kind of a party girl. Um, so none of my, none of my behaviors seemed weird to me when I got here. Like the longer I stay sober, like the more odd things seem. Um, and the more I'm like, like I was really bummed that when I found out that you could get drunk off of wine enemas, like after I was sober, I was like, I never did that, man. Like this is bullshit. And like, that's most drinkers, like normal drinkers, like are not bummed that they missed the opportunity to put alcohol in their ass. I was like, I'm sorry. I was bummed about that. I was all fucking a, it was a whole world. <laughs> um, so when I, uh, I was like, uh, over the age of 15, but I decided to throw a fake quinceanera at my grandma's retirement community to get money to get the fuck out of town um, because I had trashed my life once again partying and like when I got here I was like I, I, I don't lie I don't cheat like I just drink and then as I stayed sober I was like some people would consider that in, in the ethical gray, possibly. <laughs> um, that might that might seem a little weird to others. Um, and that was sort of the way that I went through life was like, um, just like whatever I need to do to like take care of business. And um, and it wasn't like I was like some awesome mastermind. Like I was doing these really dumb, weird things, and and they worked. And um, uh, unfortunately, at the same time, my anxiety was just crippling. Like I would have bouts of being like totally incapable of leaving my house. Um, most people who know me know that I'm like a super stupid social butterfly. Like I'm a total ham and like, I need like others in my life. I'm an extrovert that, so having anxiety that like made it so that I literally could not leave my house was really intense and like the the feeling that like I was possibly losing my mind was um really frightening and uh and I was on antidepressants and I was drinking and like I was starting to have to manage really early on being like if I get my depression taken care of and I can continue to drink so like I would even dry out for like nine months um it was awful I hated being dry without anything there like that was awful and I just watched grumpy old men every night and like hit out and was just like (laughs) 
oh my god, my friends are so lame. Like, they just drink. I'm so much smarter than them now. And I was, like, hiding and watching movies and not going out. And so it was really confusing because I had no quality of life. I was super terrified. And, um, and I knew that there was, like, something having to do with, like, my substance use that was a problem. But, like, identifying anything else was, like, way too intense for me. That was just, like, mind-blowing. So... Um, just the removal of alcohol is awesome because like things are a lot cleaner. Um, like you like can speak, um, and, uh, you know, like you don't vomit as much and, um, things like you can kind of show up differently. Like emotionally, I was just as, um, fucked up as I'd ever been, if not more. And, um, and I felt far worse than I had when I was able to drink every day. But, um, but on the outside, it, it's, it looks a little more put together and people who don't have drinking problems, like they hand back trust real fast. It's amazing. Like I was no more capable of like handling like human interaction than I had been like a month prior, but people are like, you're doing so good. Like, sure. You're doing really good. And I was like, yeah, I know. I know. And, uh, and so, um, and so, on my 21st birthday, after nine months of doing really good and watching a lot of grumpier old men, um, I decided to start drinking again. And um, it was like this weird moment where, like, I was at the bar and, like, everyone was drinking and I drank the neck of a beer. Because, like, I knew, like, this is, like, this could be, like, the beginning of another thing. Like, whatever thing. Like, you just know, like, so we've tried a couple of different things and like whatever. And so I just drank the neck of a beer and, um, and I remember being like, Oh, in your face. Like, look at that control. Like, ah, grace, you know? And I was just like, this fucking evidence is clear. Like we are on it's time. And, um, and within two weeks I was a fucking daily drinker again. And like, everyone was pissed at me all the time. And I was a ter- I was the worst girlfriend. So evil and awful. Like I'm, I'm that girl who like wants to process with you at two 30 in the morning outside of the bar to like, we need to figure this out <laughs> and um <laughs> so good uh i really i really i feel for those sad sad people um <laughs> and um you know like it was it was back on and um and it was a lot more desperate and it was uh i started to be a maintenance drinker um I thought that it was a like a sign of a hangover to wake up with really severe shakes like, I was just like, oh, God, I'm so hungover. And so, <laughs> so then I would drink the hair of the dog, which is not morning drinking, but is actually a remedy. You know what I mean? Like, so that was not a problem. And, um, and so my drinking became pretty, pretty chronic. And, um, and it would be things like, uh, uh, my, my girlfriend at the time who, uh, so, so kindly and dysfunctionally stayed with me, um, she would, she would do things like kind of ask me to like chill on my drinking and as well as my mom. And my mom would be like, you know, like maybe try not to drink this week. And I'd be like, uh, actually tomorrow's karaoke and the next night's ladies night. Like I just, I've got it all planned out. So I can't really do that, but we'll see. And, um, <laughs> I've got it all. This is what's happening. And, um, and so, uh, like I would do something like I would not drink for a day. And in my head, I legitimately would think I hadn't drink in a week. Like my girlfriend would be like, um, like, oh, so you're drinking again? I'd be like, uh, excuse me. I haven't drank in like a week, like totally like ready to fucking go to blows with her. And she'd be like, that's absolute, like absolutely not true. <laughs> you 
her at the bar on Tuesday night, and I'd be like, yes. And she'd be like, so what that means is you didn't drink last night. And I'd be like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, I, like one day felt like a week. It was, it's like, it felt like I was like, uh, dude, I haven't done this in forever. Like the, this one day was really difficult to tolerate. Um, and, and I also like was so full of myself that I was just like, uh, actually I think I'm doing pretty well. I don't know why you're up my ass right now. Um, and everyone who like had like something to say about my drinking, I found really, really irritating. Um, I know, like I thought like people who didn't have a drinking problem were like so tightly wound. Like I had one friend who, She's just not an alcoholic. Um, she is, uh, we met in Alateen, so she, um, did let me live with her while I was bottoming out, so she may have some other issues. <laughs> but, like, she would, she would drink, like, a JD cooler, those little tiny shits that are colorful, and she would drink, like, one and a half of them, and be like, ooh, my face is so warm, and knock it off, and I would just be like, God, what the fuck is wrong with her? She's just so tightly wound, like, let it go, man, and, like, I would legitimately feel anger at, like, angry at her for not getting fucked up. I was just like, oh, you're such a do-gooder, like, oh, look at you holding it together, like, so cute, and, like, I thought it was just, like, such, it was just, like, bullshit, you know, like, I really resented that, and, um, because I really, like, I couldn't imagine that anyone would drink alcohol and have anything close to the experience that I have when I drink and put it down. Like, I couldn't understand that, like, other folks were not having a drink and, like, immediately being like, this is where I want to live forever. Like, that's what happens to me. Like, as soon as I start drinking and, like, I feel the buzz, I'm like, whatever it takes, man, like, let's fucking, let's do this. Like, I just want to stay right here and right here looks like me ending up passed out and like whatever and that's fine like what that that would have been fine except for like that stopped being cool uh not because the act itself wasn't cool but because like my brain was with me all the time um it stopped being something that i could do where i was just like last night got pretty weird right like high fives all around like all of a sudden it was like i was at the bar and i was still like acutely aware of myself and i was still um afraid and insecure and I fucking hated myself and I just was like it's never gonna be okay and like that's always been the thing that's like carried me through life like that's the mantra that I've always had that's led me to drink and like do whatever is like I'm not gonna be okay and I'm not gonna be loved like these things are not gonna happen for me and like when I drank that wasn't like something that came up in my head and all of a sudden that was there with me. And like, I couldn't get away from myself. I couldn't get away from the things that, um, were incredibly painful and scary. And, um, and it was a bummer. And, um, so, uh, I don't appreciate the use of the, the term God shots, not because I don't get it, but because for some reason I'm like, I don't know, like the vocabulary around it bugs me, but I'll give you guys my God shot. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. Um, <laughs> um, so when, when I was, you know, a par- party girl, um, I ended up one night drinking the same amount of whiskey that I usually did. And, um, and, uh, I, had been mixing my antidepressants and I ended up in the hospital and, um, and it, and I was like having a like full blown panic attack or some weird fucking thing was going on. And, and, um, they took me to the hospital and I was like in the ambulance on the way over there, vomiting all over myself. And these fucking EMTs, these fucking assholes, they were like, um, Oh, Hey, you like Italian guys? Like totally. Uh, ha ha. Like make fun of the drunk girl who obviously is wearing high heels and just at the bar, like totally being rude. And I was like, Bleh, like puking on myself. Like, Fuck you. And, um, 
So I go into the emergency and um, the doctor came in and he was like, uh, so, so what's going on here? Why are you here tonight? And I was like, oh, cause I'm fucking crazy. You know, like what, that's a terrible question to ask me right now. And my friends were all coked out and like were stealing things all over the fucking world. And, like, like so not helpful. And I was like, God, why do I hang out with fucking cokeheads chewing their faces off? And I was just like, ugh, green. And, um, and, uh, I and finally when I left him like towards the morning he brought like tons of paperwork about like the mixture of antidepressants and alcohol and I was just like fucking oh I'm a doctor you know like fuck you man like you don't fucking get me and my people and my lifestyle and um so like in the car like as we're leaving like I like throw these papers out in this like incredibly dramatic like fucking girl interrupted moment of my life you know it's like fuck you and um and like like my friends dropped me off at home and like immediately when I was by myself I was like oh, I'm so fucking scared you know like all of that like all my cojones were gone like I was like sitting there with myself just being like I don't know like I have no idea like I have no clue how I'm gonna be okay and like I also knew like actually like it's never going to be okay like that was like the most honest truth I could think of it's like this is not I am not going to be okay and um and so I called my mom and um and she's like do you think like maybe you possibly could maybe want to go to AA like she was like getting quieter like as she said it like knowing the daughter that she has birthed is not a nice person and um and I was like fuck god like into the phone just like how dare her it's so rude and um and and um I don't think that made her feel any better and um, more or less concerned about the state of my life at the moment. But I was really, really anti um, AA and the spiritual solution. My dad had been sober um, my whole life and, uh, and I knew that you guys did steps and I knew that there was a spiritual component and I knew that I did not want anything to do with it. And um, so that was like, AA was like not an option for me for a lot of different reasons. I was like, um, actually like, uh, it doesn't go with my politics. Like that's just not going to work. And I had like all of these different things. Um, it just so happens that this place is pretty radical. Just FYI. Um, but, <laughs> but, um, so I was like hiding in my house for like two days, just white knuckling it and drying out on my own. Um, I really wasn't clear on like how serious my drinking was. So, I probably could have gone to a detox, but like didn't understand. So I had like sweating and paranoia and like all kinds of awesome moments. And I watched uh, Sandra Bullock's 28 days. So it was like going to rehab by myself. Um, and, uh, and then uh, this girl that I, that I used to make out with at the bar called me and, um, and she asked me how I was doing. I was like, I'm doing really good. Like really good. And like fucking hospital bracelets still on like, uh, like so fucked up. And I, I was just, just like I'm yeah just like hanging out it's cool how are you and she was like dude not that well like um I think I need to get sober and like I don't think she had ever called me on the phone like I don't think we'd ever because we just didn't have that kind of relationship you know what I mean like we were just French every now and then no big deal and like like uh so but it was this moment of like um her I don't I have no clue like why that telephone call occurred like we had not had that relationship at that point and um and I got honest with her and we went to a meeting and for the next, um, 30 days, like we were like a makeshift rehab with each other. She had seven days more than me. And, um, it was amazing. Um, she's still sober. She's in LA. Her life is amazing. We don't talk that much, but every um, anniversary we do get in touch and we do thank each other. Um, and, uh, it was amazing. I, uh, 
have no idea how that happened, but it did. And, um, and she also was like this irreverent little asshole. And so like, she got it. Like she, un- and then she would like, like, because she had seven days more, like she had, she really understood things differently than me. And like, <laughs> like I remember, uh, she like tried to read me conversations with God at night. One night I was like, get that away from me, dude. <laughs> you know, like that is not, not cool. <laughs> I'm not going there. Um, so, so I spent the, my first year really, um, being difficult. Um, I like I so I moved to uh, San Diego because I just demolished my life in Santa Cruz, and so um, I went back to San Diego to have my family um, take care of me. And uh, and San Diego is a little bit more conservative, and um, and I remember like just like really not wanting to want this as well. I mean, like some of it, like when I look back, it's like, obviously like I wanted something here, like obviously because I was showing up to meetings. Like I was an adult person who continued to show up to a space for something, but like, you know, I wanted to be like intellectually, I'm not into this, you know, like I don't, I don't really do this. I'm, I'm here, but not really. And so I like fought the entire process. Um, and, uh, I did a really thorough, um, I did really thorough step work with one of my sponsors down there um, because I just, it just so happened that the people that I was friends with and that like I got along with like the fucking punk degenerates, like they were actually uh, working (coughs) steps. Like they were doing this thing and they were fucking in love with the program. And they absolutely like continue to suggest over and over again that like, if I want relief, like I get it through the steps and that, um, was something that, like, at a certain point, like, your peer, like, you know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm an animal, you know, like, I'm a pack animal, so eventually I was like, yeah, like, maybe I'll do this. Um, I couldn't stay defiant for that long because I really need other humans. And, um, and so I did the steps, and, um, dude, I, I miss my first year a ton. I'm sure anyone who's in their first year is like, but, uh, but seriously, (laughs) I really, really do. Um, my first year was, like, like such fast change. It was insane. Like I felt like an infant, like every experience was remarkable and, and like significant, like anything that I learned was just like, holy, are you kidding me? Like, that's a thing, you know, like I would, I would like read stuff with my sponsor. I was just like, holy shit, you just blew my mind, you know? And like, um, and at the same time, like, dude, I was softening more than I ever thought could happen. Um, I cared about other people. Like all of a sudden I had these like really like authentic, true connections to other human beings. And, um, it was amazing. Um, and, uh, you know, my sobriety has been spent, um, from 22 on. So that means that I spent my, my fucking twenties sober. So twenties are shitty. And, um, and so I had to continue to adapt through my sobriety through some like really uncomfortable changes and circumstances. And, um, at about a year and a half, my dad got diagnosed with ALS and I spent the next few years of my sobriety watching my father die and it was fucking ugly and it was gnarly and it was a complex relationship with a dude who just didn't really know how to be like a dad and who, who died in a lot of fucking fear in a real gnarly way. And, um, and I was the only person that could show up and I did. And I, and and, and like when people are like, you get to show up today, like, fuck that man. I didn't want to, I just did it. And I didn't have to have the capacity to do it. Cause everyone here fucking rallied and carried me through it. Like most of the things that I've like walked through or shown up for, like the entire time, like the only reason that I've been able to do it is because like, there has been a structure here that has like allowed me the space just to like move forward a little bit. And it's been baby steps. And I've had people who like, 
you know, like I would show up for my dad and be like, oh, this is so gnarly. And then I'd like see my sober friends and they'd let me fall apart. Like I never had to be strong through this like unsustainable situation. Like I got to like show up and do my thing and then come back and like refresh and take care of myself and then go back. And um, that was something that I learned here is that like, I actually don't have to be capable of like these incredible things in my life. Like I don't have to be able to be like this good person consistently. Like I have to like continue to know like where I come to like ground and be okay. And like, just like baby step through it. Um, and like I was engaged at the time and then, you know, that shit fell through happens. Um, and, um, and it was like, my life just fucking fell, dude. And I was so bummed. I was like, I've been sober. Like I've been doing all this stuff. And like, I got to experience like that, like actually like, like the idea that like, I'm going to get sober and like be happy forever. Like actually I, that's n- has not been the fucking case. Like I, I did not get here and like all of a sudden I'm in, I'm entitled to like extreme joy. Like every day I'm like, dude, my fucking life rules best day ever. Like I had some really fucking hard shit happen and I just didn't get to be a, like a huge asshole through it. Like, like I expect to like not drink and like the world to be like, ah, right this way, you know, <laughs> like you have not, you have not shit yourself. Please come in. It's easy here on out. Um, <laughs> and um and you know and so so it, things have been sometimes like so terrifying and um and I've had to continue to grow and adapt and like things that like I like I did not want a spiritual fucking experience like in the last year there were times on my lunch break when I was going to meditate and like I would like walk away and be like man life is funny dude that is just not like my like 19 year old self would have been all sell out dude totally sold out you know and like and and I and I continue to have to um to change and um and it's rad like I find out how like wrong and small minded I can be like all the time and it's great like I'm so glad that like I am somewhere that like I get to like continue to learn and like really like push through some weird shit you know um I I don't have to be as stubborn as I was when I drank and um and I don't have to like struggle in the same way I get to like be here and that's amazing um you know and and so like I thought like I'd had my hard moment like I'd had that hard moment that like is like dudes I stayed sober through that like let me carry this message you know and now I will be of service better and um (laughs) and like from here on out like it should be easy so um that did not happen (laughs) and um about six months ago like the fucking shit fell apart again and um and it was like like days of like are you fucking kidding me like those days where you're like no dude seriously like did i just get robbed as well okay cool like how about i break my ankle i'm gonna break my ankle like right now what grandma's dying oh fuck like breakup okay let's do this and um and so like and like literally like in like a two-week period it was just, it was so fucking gnarly like it was just like like i'm on crutches being like why and um <laughs> what is happening and um and uh you know like i was talking to my sponsor and i was like look like i'm gonna be real like i do not actually want to like rise like a phoenix okay like i fucking <laughs> like i fucking did that round one like round two i'm actually over it like resilience mm, i don't really care like like I, I don't want any more character like i do not want any more experience strength or hope bro like just fucking netflix that's it like that's it and, uh, and it has not been my choice so i've had to continue to walk through it and um 
And like, you know, the, the truth is like all of that really gnarly pain, like I don't have to drink. Like I had a lot of reservations when I got here. One of which was like, I'm probably going to have to try ecstasy again at some point. Like, that was like one of the ones where I was like, cause I'm feeling joy is pretty sick. Right. Um, but also like, like death breakups, um, financial insecurity, like all of those things are my get out of jail free cards. Like in my, like, I want to party brain. And, um, and I've not, I've not picked up, not because I've been like white knuckling it, but because this has been where I want to be. This has been the safest place and like the raddest place. It has held me so well, um, for like friends of mine who don't have a drinking problem, don't totally like understand like how I do this and like why I do this. It's that it's better here. Like for me, um, with my experience of drinking and like this place, like being like sober and having a community and, um, being able to like to adapt, you know, being like just being here and having, um, a tool set that like is the steps and having a support group that is the fellowship and sponsorship, which is fucking sick. Dude, you can get like a team. You literally can get a team here. Like you can join so many 12 step programs and it'll be like NASCAR. These people are fucking putting you back together. Like it's amazing. Like do whatever you have to do. Um, and, and like it, because it's fucking better here because I get to like have, um, tools that are not just like going to cause beer shits in the morning, you know, like, like I get to have a fucking crazy, amazing experience. And, um, and, uh, and I get to show up in ways that I didn't, um, I didn't think was possible. I just, um, two months ago was in the room while my grandma passed away. And, um, that was fucking mind blowing. Like this woman who had like beautifully and caringly taken care of me. And she was a total alcoholic. I have a tattoo right here that I just got. That's a wine glass with um, ice cream in it. Cause like that bitch lived off of red wine and ice cream for the last few years of her life. And I'll fucking celebrate that shit with her. And, um, and I got to be there in the room and, and the rest of my family, like they couldn't do it. Like they partied too. Like they were like margaritas were like, like at like super early in the morning. And like, they would come in at like two in the morning and like yell, seeing at my grandma, Dolly Parton songs. And like, so I was the sober person who had to like give her morphine and had to, um, sit there with her and like take care of her and take care of her body and change her and kiss her face. And, um, and it was fucking amazing. And like, in that moment, I was like, like, I don't always have these moments of like, this is why I'm sober. Cause I get to be this person. But that was like one of those moments where I was like, fucking a, like I am sober for this second, like right here where like, I am looking at this woman and like respectfully and lovingly like letting her go. And, um, and it was, it was beautiful. And, um, I'm super grateful that I got to, to be that person and to like have that experience. And really like, I'm the only one in my family that remembers it with any clarity. Um, I'm the one who carries that burden and it kind of is a pain in the ass, but it's also like the most beautiful thing that I will ever do, you know? And, um, and I, and I continue to be there for them and they're funny and weird. And my mom and my aunt and my sister have decided to get really into weed all of a sudden. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and I was like sitting there last week with a depressed psychic and my fucking weird new agey family smoking weed. And like, I was able to like be present and like still be of service and make a little bit of fun of them. Um, <laughs> they're like, well, just, I'm like, seriously, just blow it out. Just blow it out. You know, <laughs> stop it. Um, <laughs> fucking grow up. Okay. <laughs> um, but you know, and I, and I get to get to be there and, um, 
And I fucking, I love hard. Um, if there is like any reason that I stay sober today, um, it's because like I get to experience like the deepest, most profound love that like I've ever had. And I never knew, like I never knew that this was like the shit, you know, like this is why I like am stoked to be alive. Like this is the best shit ever. And it's, it's way less messy than drinking. And, uh, and I'm just fucking so grateful that you guys have been my teachers and, um, and my peers and people have allowed me to sponsor them. And, um, it's fucking amazing. And, uh, and time. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Sobercast is ad-free, and we'd like your help in order to keep it that way. So if you'd like to help us be self-supporting by pledging a dollar to a month, visit Sobercast.com and look for the donate links. Thank you very much.